For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. At long last, uh, the huge week of Husker Athletics, Volleyball Day on Wednesday, Husker Football on Thursday night, a midweek extravaganza is here. Um, hello, everyone. It is the Pick 6 Podcast. Sam McEwen along with Evan Bland and Tom Chattel. We're busy uh, preparing for a busy week. Hello, guys. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of fun. We're going to be at both events, back-to-back days, aren't we? gonna be something man i mean it's a wednesday thursday i don't know if there's anything like it i keep checking my calendar every day but it's gonna be a ton of fun two historic events separated by 24 hours i'm pumped i wouldn't mind if they were separated by 48 hours but agreed or or even uh you know 72 hours but they're gonna be back to back um it's gonna be a cool time folks and we want you to obviously read the omaha world herald all three of us will be at both events um it should be a lot of fun uh i want to remind everybody to subscribe to the omaha world herald uh right now today is uh, august 29th this is going to take you all the way until i don't know if it's a leap year or not but let's say it is in in 2024 the end of february um maybe even the beginning of march um so this will get you through pretty much the entire husker well get you through the entire husker football season all of the volleyball season and most of the nebraska basketball season i suspect that we'll know how good of a team nebraska has by March 1st of next year. So subscribe at www.omaha.com backslash subscribe. Okay, so here we go. Uh, It's Volleyball Day in Nebraska, Volleyball Day in America. Uh, On Big Ten Network, 7 o'clock Wednesday night. Uh, It's going to be a pretty amazing event. Tom, you've written a lot about it. Uh, I've appreciated everything you've written, uh, the conversations you've had with John Cook, um, just kind of previewing this event. you know, you, you've seen just about every kind of sporting event possible, right? So you've been to the Olympics, you've been to the Super Bowl, you've been to the Masters. Um, how cool an event is Volleyball Day in Nebraska? And where does that kind of rank before before time of just unique things that you've covered? Well, it's, 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 it sets up as very unique. Um, I won't know how cool it is until I do it, uh, until I see it. And um, we're, we're going to be on the, on the, on the field. Uh, as um media people so um yeah i'm <laughs> it's uh, i don't get to watch football or many football games on the field so um i'm i'm really i think it's it's a uh, you know it's not about the actual match i don't think anybody's kind of thinking about omaha versus nebraska it's the whole uh <clears throat> The, the whole just the whole evening the, the whole presentation the whole idea of it it's just it's 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 it, it, it pushes the uh the boundary lines uh way off the charts and um like i guess if you um if you follow title nine you know there, there's always been this thing well we can't compare you know the the e- equality of scholarships, equality 
<clears throat> of sports because there's this big animal, this big monster that's called football. And there's no women's sport that's like that. Well, if there's anything close, it's Nebraska volleyball in Nebraska. And um, to me, it's clearly number two, uh, especially right now. Yeah. And um, I, I, and I, maybe you could argue with if, if uh, men's basketball ever goes to the NCAA tournament on a regular basis, maybe that would be number two. I could certainly agree with that. Right now, volleyball is number one, uh, the number one win, uh, uh, women's sport on campus. And so this is kind of like, what if they were as big as football? What if they had they had a sellout, played before a sold-out stadium? They used the, the Nebraska football locker room, which they will. They'll have a tunnel walk. We're going to do the post-game interviews where football does their post-game interviews. And everything's kind of the same. Except it's it's a white ball, um, a round white ball. So um, and you've got all this attention from everywhere. I I just think it's for you know the the Title Nine angle and and the ability to give the women's the ladies an experience like football. Um, it's awesome. I think too, like it's. At this exact point in time, like this is the time to do it. I mean, as much as Nebraska volleyball is humming along, top recruiting classes, like John Cook is the coach that you want to do this for. You don't want to do this with a, a new coach couldn't pull this off. Uh, a different program couldn't pull this off. Uh, a different fan base couldn't pull this off. Uh, I, I don't even know if a different <clears throat> athletic department would go to the lengths that it's gone to pull this thing off. And it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, what if at the height of Nebraska football in the late nineties, they decided to stretch. It'd be like, it'd be like Nebraska football playing at, at, at the Hoover dam or something in 1998. Mm -hmm. And like, like volleyballs, you know, they haven't, they're in what a championship crowd of like five years. Um, but they're, they're at the, the height of their powers. This is the time to do it. There's a ton of excitement, ton of media coverage. And oh, by the way, it looks like knock on wood, the weather's going to be great for this thing. So what a cool sort of point in time to see what's already been a juggernaut at this university um, reach a level that people never really even thought about until uh, just a few months ago. Hmm. Evan, you mentioned John Cook. And of course, you know, the players are the are many ways the story here. You wrote a great story earlier this week about former Huskers who made Nebraska volleyball what it is. Um, but John Cook is a guy that, that whose vision and dream uh, is big enough to fit this experience. It, it may have been Trev Albert's idea, but John Cook had to sign off on it. Tom, I've always appreciated your relationship with Cook. The, the things that he says to you, he just doesn't say to other people. And I'm curious, you know, you talked to him on Sunday, what, what you kind of sensed his mood was for this. And even though it hasn't happened yet, you know, what, um, what it felt like for him to be sort of at the finish line of, of this event before, before it occurred. Well, he's always San Diego cool, but I think he's, he's nervous. I, I felt a little anxiety there. Um, and like, okay, uh, we agreed to do this almost like, well, are we sure this is a good idea? I mean, I think he's a little kind of like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? What's this going to be like? And I mean, that they're they're supported by everybody at the university. It's it's going to be great, 
but I just think it, it's kind of it's kind of blowing his mind right now, and uh, I, I guess going to really blow his mind tomorrow night. And, uh, and and when they're out there trying to play volleyball, and the, the story will be the crowd. I'm trying to picture what the PA guy is going to sound like, but we know what he sounds like in the Devaney Center. He's loud. He's a cheerleader. What's that going to be sound like with 90? And what's it going to be sound like with 90,000 people going roof, roof, roof? Mm-hmm. It's just people are going to start – I expect the, the players and the coaches to start passing out. Like this is overwhelming that this is happening. So they're really going to have to accept themselves once this goes and then kind of lose themselves in the match. Um, I think if they try to take it all in at once, it might be too much, uh, but we don't know. It, it's, um, but, you know, Nebraska volleyball, this is, you're right, that this is the next step. Uh, they've done it all. What haven't they done? What hasn't Cook done? This is, they may never go to another Final Four. Who knows? Um, but this is bigger than the Final Four. This is bigger than a national championship. This is bigger. This is the biggest thing that I think it ever do. And, um, so, um, let's go do it. Isn't there, isn't there kind of a, it feels like there's kind of a money ball sort of, vibe to this thing where it's like you know it just reminds me of that a little bit where it's like no matter how the match ends up or even how their season ends up like they've expanded the game in in a different way in a way that's never been done before and you know like even if they win the national championship this year I don't know how much more that's going to be remembered than within what we're going to see on Wednesday night like that's that's you know someone's a national champion every year. This is this is new. This is unprecedented. Uh, it, it brings together you know so many people from so many walks of life to see everyone cram in to a football stadium. It's just it's a, such a unique event that in a lot of ways I think transcends sports, pushes the boundaries as you've said, Tom. And I think that's what's really going to make this memorable too. Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti will be there. NCAA President Charlie Baker will be there. He will talk to the media be curious to see if he does that on the field or if he's he's up in the press box we don't really have vcrs anymore or vcr tapes but this is the one where you'd say turn on the vcr so in this case turn on the dvr keep that thing for as long as you can maybe they'll sell dvds of the match um it's probably one of those things where uh, even though they're going to get ninety thousand, you go about 15 years from now and one hundred and fifty thousand people will say they were there uh so it's it's going to be very cool i want to end on this with nebraska volleyball What's this say about the state of Nebraska? I mean, there's, I mean, this state's not perfect. No state is. We don't have mountains. We don't have the ocean. But man, do people in the state get behind athletics, particularly women's athletics, particularly volleyball? Well, it, it says that um, this is a lot of things, but really, yeah, they they love their sports, but they love being part of of something that's different. Everybody kind of does, and. Um, here we are with sport they love and they can't really get into um, to see them. All the matches are sold out, right? I'd love to get tickets. I can't get them either. So, um, but it just kind of struck me as here's a program that played in, uh, I think it was Central City in the spring in high school, um, which was this little gym, right? In the middle of Nebraska. And the, the, the symmetry of the little gym 
and then going to this, I mean, it's a this program is like all 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 access. It, it's accessible to everybody, um, in a way. But I just think um, you put something that they're already passionate about volleyball into a place where they worship on Saturdays, um, every Saturday in the fall, and the, it's it's their uh, their church, their uh, uh, sports cathedral. It's a natural. I mean, this is a football, basically a football game day tomorrow. Uh, it's a rehearsal for everybody uh, until football gets back in town. <laughs> it's like a football, uh, a football game day with, with a round white ball. Um, I'm curious how many people will be there. Will it be full? Will, you know, how many, I mean, they, they've sold them, but will they show up? I think they will. Um, it's an opportunity to tell people I was there. I I was there. I took a photo. I I got a selfie. I got a souvenir. Um, and and this is a once in a lifetime thing. So I think they'll be there. And I would just add, it's so natural. Like <clears throat> Nebraska has been producing volleyball players for decades you know at a per capita level that's among the best around if you look at the ncaa attendance match record book like it's nebraska 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 and so when wisconsin took that thing over last year i mean that was I, they took that personally they're like this is this is our sport our record and so right. i mean you could tell like just hearing trev alberts talk about it john cook like they that was a that felt like a personal attack to them that that record wasn't in Nebraska. So this did, it, I think that's part of the magic too, is it just, it doesn't feel manufactured at all. Um, in some ways, I almost wish that they didn't have a concert because I don't think they needed it. I I, I don't think that would have made a difference with the crowd that is going to show out. Um, and it's, so it's just been this love affair between a program, a sport and a state for so long that there's just sort of as big a step as it is like, in some respects, you can just kind of say, you know, it's it's not that shocking. They've been selling out for, for you know, almost two decades now. Um, this is not a reach in the sense of of where it's happening and the people that are supporting it. And then to all of that, Tom makes a great point about the ball. I got to think that after the first point, that ball is taken out of rotation, hopefully, and put in a trophy case forever. Um, cool moment for UNO. Cool moment for Wayne State and UNK. They're going to be in a two. Uh, they'll you and uh, Wayne State and UNK will play the first match. I don't know how many people they'll play in front of, but probably many, many thousands. Uh, first match at four, second match at seven, um, and we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I think we all think Nebraska will win probably in three sets, but you just never know. Um, yes, that's true. The Nebraska football team has taken it on the road for the first two weeks. Uh, they're on tour, so to speak. Matt Rule era begins Thursday night at Minnesota. It'll be a gold out, uh, so all yellow with a little patches of red, probably. They'll probably have mostly Minnesota fans. Usually when Nebraska goes up there, they have good ten to 12,000 fans. It's usually mid-October. Minnesota fans, even, even if Minnesota's a better team, they're a little checked out. This will be an opening night crowd, so I think this is going to be a tough one, tough crowd for Nebraska, and they're playing a team that has back-to-back nine-win seasons. And so, you know, this this team is not a joke. Um, Minnesota has um, roughed up Nebraska a little bit physically. I think in the last three or four contests, Nebraska 
has lost four in a row to Minnesota. And of course, you know, there's always question marks going into the beginning of the era, but I want to start with this. Tom, what is on the eve of Nebraska football starting under Matt Rule, maybe what are the things that jump out to you most? And you wrote a good column on Sunday just about the mood of the team and um, and how it feels. And I, let's set aside the the arrest of Arik Gilbert. That's a tough deal, but I don't know that it greatly affects uh, the mood of the program at this very moment. That's an important thing we can talk about another time, but but I don't know that it directly affects what's going on Thursday. Yeah, I don't either. Um... He wasn't real. He wasn't going to play. I don't think he was going to get a waiver uh, tonight or tomorrow night, or, you know, I don't think that was necessarily going to happen. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, you know, of course now it probably won't obviously, but um, I, I've been thinking about this opener a lot because I've been thinking, I've been feeling this way all fall and I don't know how to put my finger on it. I don't know how to describe it. And I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to struggle with it. Um, I, as I write in my column before the game, but this is a different opener for a, a new coach for me. And I don't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe you guys can help me, but I just feel like when, you know, and I, I guess the first one I did was uh Solich in 98. I feel like there was some anxiety there. I felt like people thought, okay, it's our first game where we haven't had Tom Osborne to lean on. Is this thing going to fall apart? What's going to happen here? I think there was a little anxiety going into that 98 opener with Frank. And um, Bill Callahan, same thing. I mean, this guy's going to – who is this guy? And what's he going to do to the program? What's this, there was excitement. Because people want to see passing. And I remember the first play, they ran a bunch of guys in motion. They got a standing ovation. And then they, they threw like a five-yard pass. But I just feel like uh, every, you know, with uh, Mike Riley, it was the same thing. Anxiety. We, we don't know if this guy should be the coach. Uh, what's what's going to happen here? And um, also, but also with like Frost and, and, and also Bo Pelini, there were high hopes. There was uh, excitement up the charts. In any every case, there were expectations to win eight or nine games. Um, this is a a season where most Husker fans would tell you they want to win six. Um, they the expectations are kind of low right now. Maybe not for everybody. And and I'm not feeling that buzz for this opener. I'm not feeling it. Maybe it's maybe it's a road game. Maybe that's it. I'm not feeling the same anxiety or buzz or hype or optimism or it's almost sort of a comfort like okay this guy has done it it's going to take a while this is the beginning of a of a of sort of a journey um let's go see what he's got and i think maybe if it was a home game i guess a lesser team then you could get the hype going but i just feel like this is a this is a different opener i feel like it's um is that any of that makes sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I it's certainly not the frost thing for sure. You know, that that felt celebratory. And of course the thunderstorms ended it. Um yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's on the road. Um I do feel like it's maybe fans have just been um beaten down's the wrong word, but just they're just cynical. 
they they want to see it they want to see it happen and they're not gonna I do think fans really like Matt Rule and I think they're behind him and they're behind the team but I don't think they're going to um overdo it I think the volleyball thing actually overshadows it though I think that's part of it too is we've got this giant event tomorrow night I know in my own mind the football game is actually after the volleyball thing and so like it's it's hard to shift to that when you know you've got this other thing that's history making in front of it. So it does feel like the football game is actually slightly anticlimactic. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wish, like you said at the top, I, that there were a couple of days uh, between these two events for people to uh, be able to see both and and sort of reset the mind. I know that that probably won't be a problem for the coaching staff and the players, No, <laughs> but, but you know, they're locked in, but you know, I think the other part of it too, you know, Tom, you're kind of talking about the the first time Nebraska coaches. I, I just feel like this is Matt rules, a guy who like is an adult in the room. Like he's been through this. We've he's, he's a proven program builder. He's had the time, his time in the NFL, his dalliance in the pros. And so he's back and, and you, you start looking back at it. It was like, okay, well, you know, what's Frank Solich going to do as, as the head coach? Um, okay, how's Bill Callahan going to adjust to the college level and, and the switch to the West Coast offense? Okay, Bo Pelini's first-time head coach, how's that going to look? Um, you know, Mike Riley, this is his last adventure. How different is that going to be? And then, you know, Frost, he had his two years at UCF, but it was his first major job. I mean, Matt Rule's as proven as you're going to get. For a guy still in his coaching prime, uh, who who knows what he's doing? Like, you talk to him. We we've talked about it, Tom. Like every time we talk with him, it's like we we learn something. And there's there there's all sorts of substantive thought that goes into like everything he does and everything he says. And so it does. It, it feels it, it's a weird sort of blend of of of, of Nebraska fans and their experience and, and being burned with expectations and hype. Um, but at the same time, you have this guy coming in who like doesn't really care about all that because he's confident already in who he is and what he does. And so the great mystery to me is how does that all manifest right out of the gate? Does does the team sort of take on those traits or is there going to be sort of a, a learning curve there where they have to shed some of their old habits? I think that's what's so interesting about Thursday. Well, I'll tell you what it is. And, 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 and it's uh, you're right. Every time I wrote about this for Sunday. I've never heard press conferences like this, and I, and I don't care if I don't need to have a guy telling jokes or, or whatever. And if he doesn't want to talk, that's fine too. But I, I, I have I have picked up on something in every press conference, and the thing about him is he's so, he's just so in uh, a control, and I feel like that's what this program needs right now is somebody that that's really got a grasp of what this is and where it's going. And maybe there's, that's sort of the, what I'm talking about. Here's a guy who doesn't let you get too high or too low. And everybody talks about doing that, but he really does. Um, uh, like I thought today was another great example. He said something today that just hit me right in the face. And I thought, man, I got to write about this. And I, I probably will. But he's talked about the, somebody asked him about starting fast. And he goes, well, I'm not worried about starting fast. I'm worried, I'm worried about finishing. And, and he went on to talk about, you know, if, you know, finishing the, the first half, 
starting the second half fast, you know, well, and then getting to the fourth quarter and then finishing that that was the important thing, not the fast start. The fast start can, it can be fool's gold sometimes. And he was like, if we give up a touch, oh, kickoff return, we're down seven, nothing. You might see me laughing because I know it's not that big a deal. I immediately took that. Okay. Maybe it was on the drive back, <laughs> but I took what he said. And I, I think you can apply it to the whole season. I mm. think you can look at this and go, okay, it may go over too. People might lose their minds. He's he's not going to lose his mind. He's going to say, okay, well, we're down 7 nothing. We're down 0-2, whatever. I think the fourth quarter of this season is the last six games. It's the last month. Very- that's what you want this year. You don't. Two and zero means okay, it's great, but that doesn't mean you've arrived. But neither zero and two means it's over. He's trying to build a program that takes a punch, because in this league you're going to take a bunch of them, and comes back swinging late and hangs in there and swings. You know, it's like like our our, our good friend Bud Crawford plays around, gets in there, six, seven, eighth round, boom, 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 done. That's what he's trying to build here. He's trying to mold that and if you look at the last part of the season there's some really if, if they could finish strong in the fourth quarter of this season holy crap look at the games they do they might win that's when they go to a bowl you don't go to the bowl early well i think colorado would be a nice one to win i'm just saying i got that message today that he's trying to build something he's sending the message and building this program that you know, isn't necessarily worried about what happens early. It's what happens late. We're in charge late. We're going to take over late. That was always Nebraska football anyway. That was what they always did better than anybody. Most of the teams they played in the Big Eight were were on the canvas by halftime anyway. But when they got into a a real fight, they were there in the fourth quarter, and um, if they had the players, and so I, I think this is. What he's saying about starting fast, I believe, can be applied to the whole season and uh, the finish uh, strong. Mental toughness, resiliency, I think that, yeah, absolutely. Those are important components of what he wants to build here. There's a sense of, like, you know, wanting to beat back some of the negative messages that players might give themselves based on past history, especially in this series. Um, not wanting to channel their inner frost, that kind of thing. Um, the physical test. It's Minnesota's real, you know, he's he's called a grown man football. Um, if I think about the offensive and defensive lines for the Gophers, I think uh, big, tough, physical, maybe not super fast, but uh, leans on you. Um, one of the things that I think they've really tried to work on over the last nine months is getting the team to a place where it is it is a physical it's up to the physical challenge over the course of four quarters. Um, that's up to the mental challenge of being tough too. And I'm curious how much that that component, the physicality, not only matters in this game, but just matters in, in Nebraska getting back to where it wants to be. Well, I, think, I mean, it absolutely matters in this game. Uh, I think I, we've said it on here before. I think playing Minnesota out of the gate is when you want to play them ideally like it's it's they're sort of the anti-maryland in that way where it's like 
they're going to settle in and figure things out. And by November, they're just going to be, you know, a pain. That's not a team that you want to play in November. So I, I think that, you know, could play to Nebraska's favor, but yeah, I mean, we talk about the, the, the two games to start like this week, it's, it's the physical challenge next week. It's uh, the mental side at Colorado and sort of all the, the, the craziness that's going to go into that thing. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot in that regard uh, from both lines. Certainly, um, you know, they've been talking for a month now about how much they um, appreciate respect the way that Minnesota goes about its business and the results have been there for them. So yeah, like, I don't know that you, you want to say Nebraska is going to out Minnesota, Minnesota, but I do think it's going to be in stark contrast to these recent seasons when, you know, as, as Tom pointed out last year, Nebraska starts ahead 10 to nothing. They get a field goal uh, the rest of the way over their last like nine possessions. So like, do you switch that? Can you hold your own in the trenches? Um, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what guys like Cam Linhart and Blaze Gunnerson and, uh, you know, Nash Huttmaker, like what are those guys, how do those guys hold up over four quarters? Do they actually become stronger in the fourth quarter? Like if, if that's the case, like if the line, uh, either line for Nebraska gets better into the second half, like that hasn't happened in a long time, maybe, maybe since PJ flex been there, quite honestly. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's really going to be interesting to watch too. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I may be in the minority on this, and I've written this before. I think Nebraska has has been more physical the last few years. Um, I've seen them, especially in the Iowa game and the Wisconsin game, feel like they 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 really held their own. The problem mm-hmm. is that they're not dominating yet. They're not haven't gotten that, but they haven't been playing physical. I'm actually kind of hopeful now that they're trying to be physical that that that, that they can assert their their will. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see that. I, I, I think they've gotten better being physical in the Big Ten. They just can't get out of their own way. They, they can't make plays. I was trying to remember the Minnesota game last year. Uh, it was at home. I think it was close. I don't think Casey Thompson played, did he? I think they had the, the backups in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I don't feel like uh, that was a, any kind of a you know Minnesota – you know, threw them all over the field. I feel like that was a game where they didn't know how to finish again. But I think they've been, they, they, I think they had, they've been better at the line of scrimmage. I really believe that. Now, defensive line is, 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 is a little new. And the offensive line, you know, I think, has is, is got hope. He, he said today Teddy is available. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, so I, I think, I want to see go go to the next level. I think they they might under this coaching staff. Uh, will they do it Thursday night? I don't know, but um, I think it's going to be a really close game, uh, uh, low scoring. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of these deals where people score a lot of points. And I'm really curious. Does Nebraska have any playmakers? Because to win games, you got to have people who make plays. I don't know. They had them last year, but they have them this year. It's a great question, Tom. You know, I I, I think you know, when you say they had them last year, I know you're talking about Trey Palmer for sure. Um, you know, Anthony Grant made plays. He's not probably going to play a ton uh, at Minnesota. He's probably your number three back. I, I do think there's definite question marks 
at um at the pass catcher catcher spot um so you know uh people have a pretty good idea of what billy kemp can probably do is he going to be there is he going to be um you know is he going to be open or is minnesota going to try to take him away is alex bullock who is on scholarship and is a is a guy on scholarship for the next three years is he everything that we hope he could be is he brandon riley you know that's the first guy that jumped to my mind is well, if this guy's as good as Brandon Riley, then I think we got something. But Brandon Riley wasn't Brandon Riley right away. Um, so he's going to take some time. Um, what do we know about Jalen Lloyd? What do we know about Malachi Coleman? I think Thomas Fedoni is going to be a, a, a weapon right away, but it's his first um, college game in effect. I think he might have appeared in a game, but this is that, that wasn't this. This is you're going to play, you're going to play a lot, and this is your life, Thomas Fedoni. First time he's done it. So there's so many question marks. And then I think Jeff Sims, right? He's there. Is he is the thing that I think they want to see from Jeff Sims isn't is he, you know, gonna complete 92% of his passes? They'd love that. But is he a playmaker? I think they need Jeff Sims to make explosive plays with his feet. And then when he gets rushed and he gets out of the pocket, can he find somebody downfield the same way that Casey Thompson did in last year's season over? And everybody remembers that insane play where Thompson <laughs> went to the sideline and he ran around and he, and then he threw it up to Garcia Castaneda and made a play. Can Jeff Sims make two or three of those? Um, I think that's the question. Defensively, I think they got the playmakers. I think the question about the defense won't be whether they make plays. I think they'll make some plays. It's whether or not they're sound defensively and they give up a bunch of big plays against an offense that has its own playmakers. Yeah, that's true. I honestly, I mean, I'm just as fascinated though by the defensive side. Like, even though that's sort of, I suppose, more of a known quantity. Uh, you know, I mentioned Gunnarsson and Lenhart. Like, I, I'm fascinated with that. The the, sa- the starting safeties, like we didn't see much of Omar Brown. We didn't see much of Deshaun Singleton at all last year. Like they were uh special teams guys for the most part um and now they're starting they took major jumps so like what do those guys look like cheap borders and and mj sherman you know your your sec imports at outside backer there like what what do they bring to the table like we, we we know what we've heard we know what people think of them as people what does it look like in a game setting too so like it it feels like it's a season that's setting up where you're going to have to lean on the defense a little bit more than, than what the offense is going to be able to provide. Uh, And I feel like this is the opener where we can kind of confirm some of that, right? Like if Minnesota runs all over them, um, that's a problem. But if it's a low scoring game, you know, 24, 17 sort of game, like that's kind of what I'm expecting to see. Um, And I still think one of the, the big wild cards is, is Jeff Sims and how he walks the line between being a playmaker as you detailed Sam, but also not being the guy at Georgia tech, uh, you know, who gave the ball away dozens of times, you know, uh, through fumbles or interceptions. And if he can walk that line, then I think that can close some of that gap for the, the offense, especially early on this season. Um, but if not, man, that's, that's a pretty big um, burden or ask to put on that defense right away too. Hmm. No question about it. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, any players that you're watching in particular? Well, along those lines, I think the um, 
I mean, I don't know what Tony White's going to do, what angle he's going to come at Minnesota's front, and with that blocking tight ends, um, and neither does PJ, uh, by the way. But what I know is those the 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 front three. Um, you've got Robinson and, and the Polar Bear. Those guys have got to play well. They've got to hold. They've got to play. They've got to be factors. Mm-hmm. I'm watching that front three because if they I mean, you have to have a push. You have to have them hold their hold the middle, and and then you can do all your stunts and come at them with, um, you know, ninjas flying out of the ceiling and everything like that if you want to. But you've got to establish the middle, and um, so I'm, you know, that that a defense will struggle if they don't if they struggle. So I'm I'm, I'm looking at those guys. What about you, Evan? It's tempting to go with like all these guys that we haven't seen a lot of, and we've named a lot of them already. I'll go the other way in this moment and say the offensive line is really interesting to me because for, in essence, other than Ben Scott snapping the ball, that's, uh, and, and Nuri who was out suspension last year, like that's generally the, the group that struggled for Nebraska last season. So like, I'll yep. be curious to see, I mean, how they've, how they've progressed physically. And I think more than that, what's the power of a new coaching staff and a new philosophy on some of these existing guys? Because again, there's so many new faces at other spots. O-line is, is probably the most known quantity, especially among the people that'll be starting on the entire team. Maybe you could throw a linebacker in there as well, but just the impact of, of play calling the new offense philosophically with it, what Nebraska wants to do, being able to slow things down, not throwing the ball around the yard as much, winning the fourth quarter. Um, you know, what is, what is, can Turner Corcoran make that jump? Can Bryce Benhart make that jump? Um, does Ethan Piper go from sort of a fringe, all big 10 honorable mention guy to like something more than that? Like, I just think that's really fascinating to see um, the, the power of this off season and this new approach in relation to the O-line. I'll go with 2021 guys, Gabe Irvin and Thomas Fedoni. I mean, I think those two guys have to show up, make some plays if they're available to do it. Uh, Fedoni can help Nebraska's entire offense. If he can make a couple of plays down the middle of the field, Minnesota's defense will adjust. And um, they need that. Like somehow you've got to be able to free up a Billy Kemp, who is a great player. But, you know, if they put two guys on him, he's not going to make a lot of plays. And then you got Irvin, you know who uh, started as a true freshman, didn't set the world on fire in the four games he appeared as a true freshman. Then he got hurt, didn't do a lot last year. Um, now he's the number one guy and clearly the number one guy, according to the rule, 225 pounds, um, certainly a hammer that you can use in the fourth quarter. Um, is he a guy that can get you yards in the first quarter? You know, and I understand what rule means about finishing well, and I, I agree with that. I think I think you, you want to always be the horse that, that, that catches catches uh, the other one at the wire. That's a way to win football games simultaneously. Minnesota, if you get down 10 nothing to them, it's hard to come back. So I, I you know, getting getting Gabe Irvin um untracked early, 30, 40 yard gain, you know, one big run gets him going. He needs he needs a big run, I think, to kind of un, you know unloose him. Um so that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, that'll be really interesting to watch. Okay, I want to get to the to the college football stuff here really quickly. Um, we got an open Saturday. My God, isn't that awesome? Mm. Uh, so it's going to kind of be whatever on Thursday night, but then on Saturday we just get to watch football. 
There's a ton of games in the 500 mile radius. And I'm interested in LSU, Florida state too, and Penn state, West Virginia and all that. But I'm just curious. There's a lot of interesting storylines right in the Midwest, including the team that Nebraska is going to play next week. Yeah. Ton of them. Uh, and I'm with you, Sam Saturday, Sunday, being able to just watch college football, like, throughout the day and, and just kind of sit back and do that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, the obvious one, Colorado, TCU, we finally get an early sense of what that team's like. Are, are they really an expansion team or, or or do they have some pieces that can be competitive, uh, you know, against a team that was in the CFP final? Um, expansion team, yeah. I mean, seriously, like 50 new players. Like, it, it kind of feels that way, the way they, they rated the portal. You know, I this, this is probably just outside the – the radius, but Fresno State Purdue is fascinating to me. It's hard to kind of get a sense of what Purdue is this year with a new coach and and so many new um, you know starters. Like, how close can that game be? I'm I always kind of like Northern Iowa Iowa State. Like that always seems to be sort of a kooky close game that sort of uh, portends just how good or not good the Cyclones might be, and in, in kind of a big year for Matt Campbell out there. Um, and then I'd give you one more, I think Northwestern Rutgers, if you want to go on the other end of sort of the, the sicko spectrum there, like, what is that game? Like how, how ready are the Wildcats to play? Um, who's really the worst team in the big 10? I, I think that for, for other reasons is kind of grossly fascinating to watch too. Yeah, it should be, it should be interesting. I kind of want to talk about this a little bit every week because, you know, pursuant to Trev's comments, which we'll get into more at another time. I do think we're moving toward this phase of college football where like conversations about the teams that are in proximity to Nebraska may have more relevance 10 years from now. Um, whereas we used to just sort of, well, you know, Kansas and Kansas state are over here now and Nebraska's over here. Um, I will be intrigued to see how some of these games sort of turn out in the big 12 KU and K state both have lots of plans for the season. I think the expectation is that both teams will contend for what amounts to the last big 10, a big 12 title with um, Oklahoma and Texas in town. So um, it'll be really interesting to kind of, to kind of watch that. They both start with FCS teams, I believe. So not, not exactly, you know, the hardest group of, of teams for KU and K-State to start with. I think it gets tougher next week. I don't know if K-State plays Missouri next week, but, KU plays Illinois. Illinois got a tough one, by the way. They play Toledo, and Toledo is a MAC favorite. Illinois has lost twice to a group of five teams in the last five years. Same same number as Nebraska, I think. They lost to Eastern Michigan and they lost to UTSA. And actually, they lost three because they lost to South Florida too. The presumption that Illinois, we're going to find out if Illinois is a new Illinois or they're going to revert back to that old Illinois because they're playing a team in Toledo that can beat them. Um, or would have beaten the old Illinois. Let's put it that way. That's at 6.30 Saturday night, the random BTN game. Do you, you, you guys get your peach, uh, Peacock uh, subscriptions yet for uh, for Big Ten football? No, I haven't. I haven't needed it yet. I don't know if I'm going to get it, man. I've got enough streaming services already. I don't need to add another one. I'll go to a, I'll go to a sports bar or something personally. I can watch the office on my DVD set. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan is on Peacock at 11 a.m. That's the first game on Peacock. First game on NBC is Penn State, West Virginia. The first game on CBS, I I don't know if that's on Saturday, if that's on Sunday. Oh, yeah, on Saturday, Ohio State, Indiana. 
and followed by Rutgers Northwestern. Those will be two thrillers to start the CBS slate. So um, shall we get to picks? Let's do it. All right. Tom, just so you know, Evan wins this every year. I don't know how he does it, but uh, I'm, I was, I'm sure I'll lose it. Yep. He takes he he takes no risks. He's he is the guy that that hits the tennis ball back into the court and waits for you to make an unforced error. Well, and and you 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 operate in in this thing like Mark Whipple, Sam. Like you 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 run it for a few times, you win a few, and then you kind of get bored and you start throwing deep and you fall behind and it sort of snowballs. I think that's, that's right. the difference. You're, you're Fleck, I'm Whipple. Okay. <laughs> This is the other game that's starting at 7 o'clock Thursday night. Florida at Utah. I got burned on this one last year, but I'm, I'm saying Utah. Okay. Yeah, Utah. I got Utah, too. All right, here we go. Prime. Colorado at TCU on Saturday. TCU. Yeah, Frogs. I'll take TCU as well. Boise State at Washington. I will take Boise. That's right. I'm picking an upset. Boise. Okay, you're getting bored already, and we're three picks in. I'm saying Washington. Okay. I've got UW in the playoffs, so i got to go with them. West Virginia, Penn State. Penn State. Nittany's all white. Easy. All white crowd. All white uniforms, whatever. North Carolina at South Carolina, the Battle of the Carolinas. A lot of offense here. That'll be fun. Uh, North Carolina, give me the best quarterback. I'm going to go South Carolina. I think Rattler's um, we got a new coordinator because his old coordinator's here. I'll take South Carolina. You know what, Evan, I think you're right that Drake May's a better quarterback, and would we have ever been saying that in comparison to Spencer Rattler? Okay, Northwestern at Rutgers. Oh, oh. If Rutgers loses this game, Rutgers is in trouble. You know, like, or Greg Schiano's in trouble, just like Scott Frost. <laughs> That's right. I'm saying Rutgers. I don't, yes, Rutgers. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey all the way here. Rutgers. Okay. Uh, Clemson at Duke. Duke went 10 and 3 last year. They host this game, Clemson Tigers. Everyone thinks Clemson had a down year last year. I think they're not thrilled about that. I think Clemson, maybe big. Yeah. Yeah, Clemson. Fresno State at Purdue. I got Fresno. Yeah. Evan? I thought I was going to go out on a limb, but I'm saying Fresno as well. And I'm going Fresno. Um, I don't think Purdue's very good. I, I, I think they're going to struggle. LSU, Florida State. I'll take LSU. I feel good about this one. LSU. Man, I got Florida State. LSU as well. And the last one, Nebraska, Minnesota. You guys can bow out of this one if you want. But I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm thinking Minnesota. I'm, I'm, I'm making the pick in my column, so you bet. Yeah, I think 24-17, somewhere in there, I would say Minnesota as well. Okay, we've got a we've got a week one worth of picks. I'm sure Evan will go ten and zero, and put me behind two, and Chattel behind one. That's usually how it goes. All right, that is our Pick Six podcast for this week. It was a full one. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday to preview a rivalry game, Nebraska Colorado, and maybe recap uh, the volleyball day. But we'll probably preview another rivalry game, 
Nebraska Creighton in volleyball. For Evan and Tom, I'm Sam. Thanks for listening to the Big Six Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.